This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, what's going on, my friends? Oh, the Knicks, baby. The Knicks, the Knicks. Now, look. Bing bong. I understand that Steph Curry didn't play. I get it. I understand that they've got injuries. I understand that Klay Thompson has not been Klay Thompson. I get it. But, Gordon, as a long-suffering Knicks fan, I've watched Nick teams lose to teams that have injuries like this before. So for them to win, and for them to win, Gordon, wire to wire, I just need to enjoy this for a moment. So, Buddha, don't mess up my parade tonight. Bing bong. He's, he's coming up with something right now. He's I cooking he it up in the lab <laughs> to try and ruin your night, Larry. No, I mean, look, uh, I don't know what was a greater sign of an indication of how this game went. Uh, other than maybe the fact that Tom Thibodeau at one point sat down, stopped yelling. I mean, that's how much of a blowout it was. <laughs> yeah. You have Hartenstein throwing uh, full-length court pass. I mean, he, he might be the Jets' next quarterback. You never know. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, it was a good night to be a Nick fan. And, yeah, they, you know, look, they've played a lot of banged-up teams here. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> These are wins, eight wins in a row. Uh, they have the longest winning streak in the NBA right now. And uh, they before this winning streak got started, I think a lot of Knicks fans didn't, myself included, weren't too confident they would win eight games in a month, never mind in a row. Yeah, really. You're so, right. I mean, they were they looked like they were on the road to nowhere, and then out of nowhere, this streak has emerged. So, uh, more of the same, please. I'll take it all the time. I, I don't think um, that it really changes my opinion too much. I don't think it changes your opinion too much of what you think about this team moving forward. But it certainly beats the alternative right now. It does. It does. And uh, listen, 38-point win tonight against the Warriors' largest win in franchise history against a defending champion. And we understand, as I mentioned, that this is not the same defending champion Warriors. But here's the thing that, that jumps out at me, Gordon, is the NBA season has a lot of peaks and valleys. And so enjoy this peak. Enjoy it. Like you said, keep stacking them up, stacking them up, because eventually you're going to run into adversity. Eventually, you're going to run into a streak. Here's the, a losing streak. Here's the only thing that I'm a little concerned about. And I'm just hopeful that Leon Rose and World Wide West and the front office group understand that this Nick team is not as good as they're playing. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying, Gordon? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the, the talent level on this team is not as good as they are playing. And the reason I say that he goes, Larry, pouring some cold water on this. No, I'm just saying that for evaluation, you have to be brutally honest with yourself to say, okay, we had a great stretch, but we still need to improve our talent so we can. this can be consistent as opposed to us saying, well, you know, wow, we eight wins in a row. Okay, so we normally play at a high level like this. That's what we're striving for, and how do we get there? Well, we need some other players. So this is great for right now. You give Thibodeau credit for the adjustment he made, sat down two guys out of his rotation from 11, brought it back to nine. Great move by him. We always talk about adjustments, Gordon. That's a great adjustment for him. And the guys he's using, let's face it, they're doing a much better job defensively as this team is quicker on their feet. They're they're challenging the threes. It it, it looks like a totally different team. Yeah. And look, uh, you know, to just uh, hit on your point, uh, 
you have to be able to evaluate your own talent before you can evaluate anybody else's, right? Like you have to be self-scouting yourself before you can think about what you need to add to your group. So, yeah, I hope they are having a, a harsh judgment of, you know, what they need moving forward because there will be those peaks and valleys. But uh, I think you, I think where it has to start is you have to give Tom Thibodeau some credit. I think we all have to give him a little bit of credit. And it did seem like before this winning streak came along, the, the pitchforks were out, the torches were out. And it was, you know, this is year three. We know how this goes with Tibbs. His message is where the guys aren't playing defense. They've kind of cashed it in. And then going against type uh, in terms of playing young players, mm-hmm. putting Grimes into the starting lineup, playing McBride more minutes, that has certainly gotten the Knicks uh, turned out. To me, that's the biggest part of this, that, you know, not just what Grimes is able to do defensively, but also I think it takes a little pressure off R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, him not having to defend some of the better uh, scorers in the league has kind of gotten his offense going a little bit. I did some math here before the show. Last six games, he's averaging 24 points a game. Tonight he only had 18. You only needed to have 18. The three the last couple of nights has not been great, but still, uh, I think that that's been the the key reason for the turnaround is uh, is putting Grimes in there. And, you know, I think we all thought at one point when the Knicks were losing, uh, the Knicks, man, what are they doing holding Grimes? They should have given up Grimes. He's not an untouchable. They should have put him in the deal for Mitchell and got that deal done. All of a sudden now, after the injury that he suffered earlier in the season, you're getting to see the value of, of Quentin Grimes. You are, and tonight was – I haven't seen this Emmanuel quickly since maybe his rookie year yeah. where he was consistently with the three, consistently uh, – uh, the shot selection was pretty good, aggressive, going to the basket, uh, hitting the three. This is – I mean, this is a guy that you need to see. This is the type of performance he needs to bring off the bench because, Gordon, he's not Derrick Rose. He's, he's the first guard off the bench, so you need that guy to have that – you know, that spunk, that spirit, that scoring. And I once again, to give Thibodeau some credit, I like how he lays over a couple of the starters. Maybe it's Randall. Maybe it's, uh, you know, Robinson Robinson with the with the bench, and then he'll mm-hmm. switch and he'll let the bench play for a little bit, and then he'll bring, uh, you know, maybe it's R.J. Barrett or somebody else back where you constantly have one of your starters on the floor for the most part to keep that, to keep that, you know, the offense flowing and not let the bench guys get, you know, kind of get too much of a slump. Yeah. And it had been 10 years since the Knicks beat the Warriors at home. <sighs> Unbelievable. I mean, that's been a long time. But if, if you weren't going to do it tonight with no Steph and <laughs> them being what they are on the road, if this wasn't yeah. the night, Larry, yeah. uh, I don't know that it would ever have happened. But you got the signs very early on. Tonight was going to be the night. Warriors now 1-5 without Steph, 3-15 and 15 on the road. Uh, I think they only have one win against the Eastern Conference, too. And and they've got a Nets team just waiting for them oh. tomorrow night. <laughs> right. They just can't wait. They can't wait for them tomorrow night. And, you know, uh, considering that, uh, you know, a couple of the players haven't been playing back-to-back nights for right. the Warriors, you yeah. wonder who's going to be able to play tomorrow night. Right. And some of those some of those starters were still in the game in the fourth to start the fourth. Yeah, which that's was crazy. Really surprising. That's crazy. So you figure Clay Thompson's not playing tomorrow night. I mean, I you know, even though he didn't play that much tonight. <laughs> right. Uh, no shot that well, which was great because you just had that feeling. And very quietly, Gordon, we got to say it. Uh, Jalen Brunson's been just like, oh, I mean, what more can you say? Right. What an addition he's made to this team. He's changed the team. He's changed the team. It's almost like the the Knicks regime, the, the front office nailed that one. They got that one as as right as you could, almost as wrong as they got the Kemba and Fournier moves. Mm-hmm. That that offseason was such a disaster 
that at least Brunson has been so good that it makes you almost forget how bad those deals were. Almost. Almost. Until you, until you see right. Fournier until, sitting until, on the yeah, bench. Right. Well, you don't see Fournier anymore, so it's almost like he's not on the team. You know, it's funny. I was going back and forth between MSG and, and, and TNT, and, and, and I'm watching TNT, and I came back, and they were showing – I looked and they they were showing the the uh, Steph Curry winning the you know breaking the three point record mm-hmm. Reggie's three point record, and Evan Fournier was on the court. I'm like, well, oh, this wait. can't be this year. <laughs> no, <laughs> this yeah. must be old. Oh, this can't right. be this Steph year. Steph is closer. He, he was closer to the court tonight than uh, <laughs> than Fournier was. No question about it. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Want to hear from you? Give me your thoughts about the Knicks. Give me your thoughts about this team on the eight game winning streak. Do we now have to give Tom Thibodeau a little bit of credit for making adjustments and playing the kids, which is something that we said he would not do? We'll get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, let's head to Florida. Talk to Spike. He's up first on ESPN New York Tonight. What's up, Spike? Well, first of all, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. Everybody, please stay healthy. Here's what my analogy is. Uh, I grew up with fuses. You guys, now we have uh, circuit breakers. Uh, Jalen Brunson's the correct circuit breaker. That's You, 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 you clicked it, more lights went on. And uh, I think it's a good analogy, not because I said it, because he woke up the team. He does everything right. He's a winner. He never gets down. And uh, But it took a while. It's taken a third of the season to fill everything in. It eliminates Julius Randle from bringing up the ball, and, and he's a better finisher than he is a distributor. And I'm not going to knock him because he's playing as good as he can play. Uh, the Knicks put in Grimes and McBride. I was big fans of both of them in college because they got great hands and they moved their feet on defense. And they're playing the two bigs, which makes a lot of sense because they control the boards. So what they need and I'm going to try and solve it now, and I know they've beaten teams that are depleted. It means nothing to me. Move your feet on defense and close out the three. That's been our problem forever. And now I think in the last eight or nine games we've done that. I would Fournier is obviously going somewhere with a draft book. Toronto's having an off season. You're never going to get Siakam, but you can get an Obi who's 17, 18 points a game. I'm guessing 24 or 5 years old. He plays the wing, he rebounds, and he shoots threes at about 35%. That's what they need. They need a wing, and Obi's not the guy. I love Obi. He's a great kid. Uh, he's improved the three-point shooting, but he, he, he turns his head on defense. And he's not a good rebounder, uh, but they won't want him. They will want draft picks because Toronto's starting, you know, the East is better. Uh, to me, the three best teams in the NBA are all in the East right now, and Buddha's going to like it. And I know he's smiling because I think Philadelphia is one of them. Obviously, Milwaukee uh, is the best team, and they win with height, size, and playing together, and great guys off the bench. And Boston, I hate this, Larry. You know how this kills me. But in spite of the last two losses, Boston's very well put together with very the big good. guy and, and the guards. So I'm happy. It was a great game. I wanted to run it up, and I didn't care. The nine-man rotation, uh, you know, works. And the boys are moving their feet on defense. And I'll tell you, I know you guys know basketball. If you're not impressed with McBride and Grimes on defense, I mean, they're tenacious guys, and they pick up at distances. And, and Grimes has the size. And he's got mm-hmm. a beautiful shot to boot. And McBride has a shot, too. Just a little tiny. He's Trey Burke who plays defense. How does that sound? 
It's pretty good, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. And the other thing, I'll, and I'll say this about tonight, Gordon, which I, I was curious to see what adjustments Jalen Brunson would make because uh, Steve Kerr put Clay Thompson on him defensively to start out the game. And obviously it was a little different size-wise for him to shoot over Clay Thompson. So I like that he made some adjustment, didn't force anything, let other people get, get into the flow of the game. All right, and then he started to get his flow into the game and did a nice job in, in you know, picking his spots, letting the game come to him that we talk about so much in various sports, and that's what he did. So, uh, you know, once again, you know, we just we just keep saying it over and over again. He has been a major difference to this Knicks team. No question. Uh, and he was playing well even when the Knicks were not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just really a continuation. It's not like all of a sudden he started to click and, and the Knicks started to click. He's been good the whole time. So it, it does feel like, you know, the, the Grimes move and just some evening out, right? Like the fact that R.J. Barrett's played better overall, the fact that their defense overall has been better, teams aren't killing them from three as much as they were earlier in the year. Some of that stuff also has um, played a part. Now, they were asking a question uh, on Rick and Dave's show this morning, and I'll mm-hmm. pose it to you. Okay. Do you believe, and, and belief is up to you, however you define belief, do you believe in this Knicks team? I'm starting to. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. starting to. They're, they're starting to give me some confidence in them. In the fact that you're starting to see the young kids and Gordon, what it does is by them getting playing time and getting experience, when the stage gets bigger, they won't fall. They they won't be they won't falter as much because they've been familiar. They've been able to play. And, you know, I, I don't know when it's going to end. I don't know what happens when uh, Obi gets back. Uh, I don't know how that changes things. I guess, you know, uh, somebody will sit. Uh, but, you know, it's it's. I'm starting to, but I, I, I also realize, as I mentioned, from being a long-suffering Nick fan, to know that they got to make some adjustments here. You know, they got they got to make they got to make some additions, and then I might believe more in them. But I believe I'm starting to believe because of the fact that Brunson has played so well, and we all know that they needed a point guard, mm-hmm. and he has started, and he start even though you know, listen. And I'm with Spike. I'm not going to criticize Julius Randle too much because he's played very well. And give him credit. He's played very well. Personally, would I love him to never bring the ball up? Absolutely. But at least (laughs) he's not bringing it up as much with Jalen Brunson. And that has – he's given – he's gotten more confidence in Brunson, he being Randle, to allow him to start the offense, to give up and let him get into the motion and start going with whatever motion they're going to run in their half-court offense. It's a nice adjustment. I think I'm well. I think I'm more pessimistic than you. Okay, um, I, I'm not ready to believe just yet. I will say this though: the fact that Grimes and McBride are playing well makes me more confident about the future. Not beyond this year, mm-hmm. uh, not so much this year. Because again, I, I don't. You know, I know the Knicks are up to sixth in the East. It feels like they are scraping their their heads on what the ceiling is yeah. for this group. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not expecting them to to stay here. If they if if you ask me right now, I'll give you a play in spot. You know, maybe maybe eight. If you told me I could get eight right now, I would sign for eight right now. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they have all these draft picks, the fact that they will have all this um, potential to go out and add to this group, 
it doesn't make me necessarily believe in this year, but it does kind of make me more uh, a little bit more confident in the direction of the organization as a whole. You know, when when, when Toppin and I hear what you're saying, Gordon, when Toppin comes back, uh, I'm going to be kind of sad to see Jericho Sims sit. I mean, I, I like yeah, how he's played. Absolutely. I like how he's played. He's he's not a scoring guy, but he gives you rebounds that that you know. Toppin doesn't do because Toppin leaks out. <laughs> look at the look at the run on the break. You know, sometimes I wish he'd rebound and then run out, but he looks to you know he looks to leak out so much. So that's why his rebounding suffers, uh, especially off the offensive, off the defensive boards because he's he's he takes off. Yeah. Uh, but but I, you know I like I mean Jericho Sims put on a, a dunking. Comp- I mean he could have been the dunk contest for some of those he had tonight. Yeah, well, I mean, they keep doing that alley oop. It keeps working, right? I mean, yeah. why would you? Why would you go away from it? Uh, you, don't. you know, Spike threw out a name there. I'll give you another one that mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, not that I've heard this, but just mm-hmm. read it from different articles. What would you think about Kyle Kuzma? Kuzma's interesting, Gordon. Um, I, I, I've had my eye on him for a while. I, I kind of like him. Uh, you know, he he. He underachieved, though, for me with the Lakers. He, mm-hmm. he, he should have been better than he was with L.A. Now, maybe he can be better here. Uh, he, he's been kind of the same player in Washington. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see. how. But he, I would be interested in him, absolutely. Absolutely, I would be interested in him. I, I kind of think, though, that uh, uh, the player that Spike mentioned, a little better, mm-hmm. yeah, a little better defensively. Mm-hmm. Than what I think Kuzma is, right? But uh, either one of those players would be an upgrade. <laughs> be an upgrade yeah. over. It'd be an upgrade over Fournier, who's not giving me anything right no. now. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing: the Knicks have some pieces that are not giving them anything, but I do right. think would have value in the right spot. You know? Yes, yes, no question about it. There's no question about it. So was, listen, that's that's what they got to do. Keep working, keep working. Hey, this season marks the 50th anniversary of New York Islanders hockey, and to help celebrate, we're giving away tickets to the December 29th matchup against the Columbus Blue Jackets at the UBS Arena. To enter, download the free ESPN New York app, scroll down the contest, submit your entry. It's brought to you by the New York Islanders. Join in on the fun this season by grabbing your tickets at NewYorkIslanders.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll continue to talk about the Knicks and their winning streak. We'll also talk about local football. Some more big games this week. A little bigger for the Giants than for the Jets. Zach Wilson will start on Thursday night. I hear Jet fans moaning already. We'll discuss it with you next. You're listening to ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, uh, yes, today, yes, I'm sorry. Today was the Mets' big fish. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Verlander speaking mm-hmm. to the media, saying, quote, get this, Gordon, I took a leap of faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he dove into he- a bet of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. I don't know how much faith is required when uh, that's the landing spot. I mean, I, and I guess to paraphrase him, here, here's what he meant, even though I, I agree with you. I have 86 million reasons why you jumped that yeah, high. Yeah, of course. That's why you jumped that high. But I do understand that you, you're coming from a situation where you have won a couple of rings. Yep. 
right, to go to see if you can win another ring. So I get, you know, I could have stayed. We probably could have, you know, run it back. Let's do it again. You know, we're Houston. We, we find a way. We find a way to win, you know, especially with our great pitching down there that we have. So today was his comments. I'm very curious to hear what your big fish free agent signing tomorrow, Aaron Judge, has to say at 10 yeah. in the morning. Yeah, and I would not be surprised if there's also, you know, not just the announcement of him and his contract, but maybe another mm-hmm. announcement. Oh, about the El Capitan. Yeah, nine, why, baby. Why would you? Why would you got everybody there, right? Yeah. Let's do it now. Yeah, yeah. You've earned this. Here's a bonus for for, right. the, for the and, money, and you're going to have to keep earning it. <laughs> yes, you are. Because we might, we might be done. <laughs> this might be it. This might be the group we're going with. It's over. Yeah, it <laughs> we don't know we can do. No, I still believe you're going to do something else. So we'll keep an eye out on that for you. All right, Gordon. Here we go. It happens Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Jets, Jaguars. Yeah. And listen, Zach Wilson. See, this is crazy, right? Because stat-wise, Gordon, he wasn't that bad. No. Stat-wise, he wasn't you look, that just bad. Just looking straight at the numbers, yeah, it doesn't look that you know, ugly, right? It not look that bad. And the last drive wasn't bad. I mean, you could argue that, you know, a couple of timeouts from his head coach could have helped him yep. <laughs> on that last drive. Right. <laughs> yeah. Could have helped him. Right, yeah, but absolutely. W- but once again, it's – and I always talk about this, Gordon, when I look at quarterbacks. It's what they can control. They can't control who's on the field. They can't control who, who you know, who the receivers are and stuff like that. But things you can control. Doggone it, Gordon. He can control missing guys, missing wide open guys. He just can't do it. And I said it Sunday. He's a guy that off schedule stuff, he looks so comfortable, Gordon. Running around, running from one side of the field to the other. He looks so comfortable. Arm, you see the arm strength, throwing it from one side of the field to the other. He looks so comfortable. You're like, hey, he could be really good. And then could you just hit the open guy? Could you just – and could you make the adjustment? He is still – for him to make that next step and be a, a quote, franchise, unquote, quarterback, he's got to learn to be a pitcher and not a thrower. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? Mm-hmm. He's got – pitcher, pitcher. Here's what a pitcher does. Takes a little off, puts a little on. Location, a little high, high in the zone, low in the zone, up in the way, down and in. What's a thrower do? 100 miles an hour all the time, all the time. And that's what he is. And until he makes that adjustment, the Jets are going to have a problem at quarterback with him. Yeah, and it, it like there's a there's a narrative right now surrounding the Jets. Like there's a feeling about what's going to happen, and nothing that happened on Sunday made you change your feeling uh, about what the direction is uh, in terms – at least Zach Wilson's part of it. And and Sunday was the full Zach Wilson experience. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that was everything that he has in a nutshell, right? He has some amazing throws. He misses some wide-open guys. He completes about half of his passes. He has a terrible interception that killed you. But every once in a while, he'll make a play that not many guys can make. So uh, that's what you got. And if it were up to the Jets, I think that Mike White would be starting this week. But yep. because of the short turnaround and that injury, it's Zach Wilson again. And, and this week, you're going to get a full dose of what could have been for the Jets. Because here comes Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. 
And at this point, Gordon, you might as well let Zach Wilson stay for the rest of the season. I'm just saying. You might as well let him stay the rest of the season. Well, I, I, I would say this. If, if Mike White is healthy and you still have – and it, it, again, things can change week to week. Mm-hmm. To me, it seems like the math that I've looked at, it's going to come down to that, that game against the Dolphins. So if, if, if that game can get you in the playoffs, then to me, you start the best quarterback, and that's Mike White. But if it turns out, you know, the Jets lose Thursday, uh, the Dolphins win. Uh, who do the Dolphins have this week? Um, yeah, Green Bay, right? Yeah, they yeah. Have the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe all of a sudden the, the playoff odds are such that, you know, you really don't have much of a shot, even if you were to beat the Dolphins in that last game. Uh, then maybe I would just stick with Zach Wilson. But to me, if you got a shot to make the playoffs, you haven't made the playoffs in forever, give me the best quarterback. And even despite the, you know, the numbers, you say 317 yards doesn't look terrible, uh, Mike White is still the better quarterback. He is. And it's unfortunate because he's not the answer either. <laughs> no. It, it, it's, it's pretty clear to me that the, the, the week one of next year, whoever that quarterback is, he's not on the Jets. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to find somebody. It ain't else. Chris Trevler or what? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't him either. Before people start calling up. Yep. Yeah. It's not him. But you know, and 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 see, that's the thing. But see, if they have to win out, Gordon, and they lose Thursday, I don't see what they got. Why? I don't see it. I don't see it. You well, know, I'll take a look at the number. From what I saw, uh, losing. Well, because it's the first game of the week, I guess. If the Dolphins were to win, if the if the Patriots were to win, then it really kind of diminishes your odds down to the five. I would think it would have to be into the single digits at that point. Yeah, right? I would think so. I would think so. I'll, I'll take a look at what the numbers say. Can you? I gotta say this. I would love to have been in in the coach's room to hear Belichick after they lost that game the way oh they lost my, it. Oh, <laughs> my. There were some funny memes. That Larry, on TikTok, there was one guy. I can't remember who the guy was, but he got a clip of the Sopranos when Richie April finds out that the, the two kids went after Christopher Moltisani. He's like, why did you do that? Who told you to do that? Very, very funny. Made me laugh for a good couple of minutes. But, oh, could you imagine that conversation? Oh man! I, I would have just packed my bag and left. <laughs> you would not, Archie Kobe Myers. I would have just left. I loved it. I, oh, I was couldn't couldn't up. happen to a better team. Absolutely, could not it, happen. Let me ask absolutely. you this: Yeah, is that a more embarrassing play than the butt fumble? Yeah, because you lost the game on it. it it's definitely more damaging. I don't yeah. know that it, you know, like funny, like you know what yeah. I mean, like embarrassing. You know, you ran into a guy's rear end. That's and fumbled the ball and gave up a touchdown. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty close. It's about as See, close as we've seen. For me, who was standing on the sidelines, then I'll oh, do anything boy. to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do that anything. thing was like the greatest hits for oh, a while. God. It was, it was all over the place, yeah, all over forever. It, yep. it never died. It just seemed like it never died. It was just, you know, and, and, and poor Brandon Moore, who was like, oh, right. I'm just doing my job. I'm just what blocking was that? the guy. What was that? I felt some, some bump there or something. Probably didn't you know, feel that, that much, you know? You know? What am I doing? You know, what is he doing to me? I will oh, say man. this, though. Yes. If the Jets go out on Thursday and win, and Zach Wilson has a similar game but doesn't throw that interception like he threw against the Lions, mm-hmm. then you got a problem. Because then what do you do? You got to stay with him. Yeah, I think you might have to. You gotta stay with him then, you know, because still, here's the thing with the uh, with the 
with the transition of the O line, his movement still gives you a, it gives him a slight edge over Mike White in that in that in that area. And for me, if you're if you're uh, Lafleur, and you see what has Dave all done with with Daniel Jones? They've they've designed plays. They don't ask him to do what he can't do. Okay, they don't ask him to do what he can't do. Now I realize it's hard because it appears as though I don't know. I'm not in the coach. I'm not in the quarterback room. But it appears as though that Zach Wilson has issues with patience of trying to look and see where the first and second option, you know what I'm saying, looking where his options are. He looks like he doesn't have that patience to do it or he can't see it because I've spoken to some former players and they're like, what is, I don't know what he's looking at. <laughs> like, what could he be looking at? I see, I see people open. What is he looking at that he's not looking at the right people, which means to me that he's predetermining where he wants to go. So – uh, you know, if so, if I'm Lafleur, then I I'm gonna have to put some design run plays in there for him, Gordon, where he can some I have to design some off schedule plays for him, especially if I've got ten people in the box the way they had a couple of times uh, this week. Yeah, oh, they were yeah to keep from them running. I'm gonna have to mm-hmm. throw some off schedule plays in there that 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 works to the one strength, the one or two strengths that he has. According according to 538, if the Jets were to lose Thursday night and the Dolphins were to beat the Packers, mm-hmm. the Jets' playoff odds at that point would be 5%. Yeah, then you might as well go with Wilson the rest of the way. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm now just let, saying. Me, let, me, let, me, let me play with the numbers here. If they win, uh-huh. uh, let's see what the numbers kick out here. <clears throat> Look at Gordon. Gordon's got his playoff. Oh, I got I got algorithms, Larry. Didn't help me on the cover five this week. I, I got to be honest. The... <laughs> well, Dallas. Th- thank you, Ray oh, Santiago with Dallas. Dallas. How about that? Oh, Dallas. Oh, <laughs> thanks. I mean, killer. Absolutely. <laughs> and then Buffalo deciding know, not yes. to go for the touchdown there at the end. <laughs> killer. You know that's why they call it gambling. And Kansas City. I didn't have Kansas City this oh, week. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. That was. I haven't learned. No. Yep, <laughs> Keep riding no. with them. Yeah. Keep waiting for them to put those big numbers up. I'm a fool. I'm a fool. There's no question. Here I am. I'm raising my oh, hand. When I'm I took fool. Dallas, I knew it was a per. You know, the, the the thing about Dallas was they had the lead early. They they were yes. cruising. You figure rolling. Oh, you know, you think ah, you know, I got this one. I'm so smart. Oh my Absolutely. goodness, I know, I know all this about this and that, and it all went sideways. And his great and the, plus and the plus minus on that would have been outstanding. Oh, of course. I needed the plus minus. I'm all about the plus minus, but uh, no, that didn't. That did not help me. No, it didn't. It didn't. All right. So Gordon will have the answers. Yeah, to I, what I his... don't know why the numbers are not. I put a win in for the Jets, and it just can't figure this it's out. Still... It's like there's no way they went in. This yeah, game. it still it still has that five percent. I'm not exactly sure why that is, but I'll uh, I'll reboot it here in a second. So all right. I tell you what, we'll step away. Second. We'll see what, what what kicks out in Gordon's mm-hmm. algorithms over there at the Damer over in, in Damerville, and um, you know in his little his little area over here in the studio to try to figure out how this works. We'll do that, and we'll come back and talk to you next on ninety eight seven ESPN. How about them Cowboys? This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Gordon, you kind of summed it up. That's exactly what Zach Wilson has shown so far. Yeah, I mean that's true, but like the Jets can't do that. Like, no, what team runs an offense where you just let the quarterback run around and just chuck passes? And and here's the thing: some of those, it's not like he runs around and chucks passes and they're all on target. He, he sometimes runs around and throws balls to the other team. So yep. uh, if you want to do that, 
for the remainder of this season? You know, like if you say, you know what, we're out of it. Uh, we're not going to make the playoffs. We have a big decision to make. Let's Zach be Zach for the final two, three games, whatever. Okay, fine. But that's not a that's not a recipe for success. Come on. No, and that's why he said that. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean, he knows nobody's going to do that. No, no team can that. afford to do that. You just yeah. can't. I mean, the Orlovsky, I don't know if we have that one. I mean, oh, he, he just – Oh, I mean that was seven second seven seconds of just lava being poured on on Zach Wilson. Uh, if we have that cut of Gordon, uh, you ask for it. You ask. Here it is. Zach Wilson played poor. I mean, th- he's mentally broken. Can't see the field. I don't know if he could think. I don't know how smart he is. Done. Other than that, how was the play? <laughs> wow. <laughs> how do you really feel, Dan? Jeez. And he was one of the folks that was singing his praises in the off season. Yeah, there were you know, a lot of folks were mm-hmm. a lot of folks were he's well, going to be were, better. Right? Yeah, the Jets. Well, you kind of expect the Jets, right. but, you know, and even they were wrong. Uh, it's it's they're in a the tough spot here. They really are. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, thank you for inviting me to another episode of Uncle and the Charlatan. <laughs> What, what what is this? This is I mean, you said that was this game was a lock against the what game was a lock. Well, in fairness, I say all five games are locks. I mean, what game? The Jet game? Well, I mean, look, if the the head coach can get his head out of his you-know-what and call a timeout, they had a chance to win that game. Even without their best defensive player, even with Zach Wilson throwing a killer interception, they should – They, I mean, he had two times. He only got the second timeout because they put more time back on the clock. He would have gave mm-hmm. him one home with two timeouts in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. well, if it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. But I tell yeah. you this much, well, man. I, don't... I mean, you lose on Thursday. It might be that time. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what the title of this covered Jet saga is. It, maybe it's as the Jets turn or the trials of Salah and Gamora. But um, look, man, that's for these last three games. You got to play Wilson no matter what. You know, the locker room clamored for White. Then they went one and two. The playoffs are a rumor. I mean, please. They're going to win all three? They're lucky if they win two out of these next three games. You know, like Laura Dern said to Rich and Attenborough in that original Jurassic Park, and I'm guilty of this too, you know, as a fan, I got caught up in the magic, man. But the season has turned, man. Well, you know, as look, good as the here's the, here, I got. I finally got the computer working. If oh, the Jets we were to beat the, the, the Jaguars, and the Dolphins were to lose to the Packers, the Jets' playoff odds would be at 39%. But you know what, though? But you know, listen, bro, like, it, this is exactly what I'm talking about. There's all these different machinations that can happen to if. But you know what needs to happen for any of those things to work out? For the Jets to win. And they've been they've well, they gotta, lost I mean, they five of their last seven games, bro. Yeah. And as good as the defense could be, they have flaws. And the reality of football today is, you know, you can have that strong defense all you want and everything. You ain't having no 85 Bears, no 86 Giants, no 2,000 Ravens because the NFL doesn't want that. Their target Mm -hmm. audience is the marginal fan that wants to see offense and wants to pay for the streaming services. You know, and as we discussed a while ago, these owners and GMs will pick a quarterback. Then if he doesn't pan out or he struggles, who's the front man, the coach, and I'm not saying he's done a good job recently, but, you know, listen, man, you know, you got Zach Wilson's big brother, Steve Young, calling him out on Monday Night Football pregame. You know, listen, man, after the last draft, 
The fans in the media went full Douglas. You know, like how Cooper Manning goes oh, full season in that he commercial? Was, you know what I'm saying? When you look at the full body of work, the first draft doesn't have a starter on the roster. No. The quarterback and the offensive line are just as bad as when he got here. So now next year, they're going to bring in a veteran quarterback. Folks are asking for Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't listen to the big brother LaFleur. So now he's going to come in here and work with Mike LaFleur. And that Pat McAfee thing is going to go over really well in New York. I mean, please. Uh, Garoppolo was hurt all of the time. And Derek Carr is not good for New York. The only guy I would see that I would take a flyer at would be Daniel Jones, but I think the Giants are going to sign him up. Listen, they screwed this thing up, and you're right about the coaching staff. Not only, but see, this is the problem that I got. Like the problem I have with Salah, I don't want Salah fired or nothing like that. Nothing like that. I, I feel I told y'all a long time ago they they going to put him in this bad spot and it's coming to fruition because you hear people calling for his job. But what I'll say is this: where Salah went wrong, and I heard Mike Tannenbaum talk about this. He talks about tuning out all the outside noise. He hears all of it. And what I will say that Steve Young said that was correct when he was talking to um, Don and Peter yesterday was, you know, that Rob Sala likes to play to the crowd. Now, you play to the crowd and you play to, to your, your locker room, but what happened was is they didn't have your back on the field. So now you got Garrett Wilson. Listen to me. I love Sugar Hill. He's a bad boy. If Zach Wilson doesn't put the ball exactly on him, he's gyrating, he's doing all these different things, and now as the coach, when you allow anybody running around with the Mike White T-shirts and all that stuff going on, you think you're going to reel these dudes back? Listen, it's over for this season. This season's over in terms of being the playoffs. They won more games than what I thought they would. I mean, actually they had seven. So if they lose out, that's kind of where I picked them. But listen – for LaFleur, and it was always a bad matchup. What the Jets do is absolute stupidity. We're going to draft a quarterback and make him the savior. You don't have the right as a Jets GM, Woody Johnson, oh, I can't stand him. You don't have a right to draft a young quarterback. You've blown every right you have to do that in the first round. You got to get a veteran. Then in the second round, you get somebody and you actually let them learn and win the job. It's a mess. And it didn't have to be. It really didn't. Did You know, please, come on. They're going to win the next three? Have you been watching them play football? <laughs> Yeah, Who brother, said they we were going to win the next three? Nobody said they were going to win the next no. three. Thanks for the phone call. We were, I just he was said just that giving there's, a, the, 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 there's a good possibility that it comes down to that Dolphin game. Yeah. And, and and Jet fans know how this goes. They'll win two. Right. And they'll lose the Dolphin game. <laughs> wow. I mean, that might be – I don't know. I have to figure out what happens if they tie because the Dolphins are not – you know, the, the next big December win the Dolphins get, it might be the first one in a very long time. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. This was uh, a yeah, well. This, look, this if the tough. Jets lose Thursday, mm-hmm. then I think it's over. I mean, that, I agree. I mean, at that point, I think it's over. And I mean, that would be the worst way for it to go, especially with Trevor Lawrence now with the light seemingly in your building. On. In your yeah. building, you oh get eliminated. For, you you lose in your building, Gordon again. Oh my lord! I'm just saying. You know, you can't. You, just, you can't do it. You can't do it. When we return, we'll turn our attention to the New York Giants. Boy, do they have a big game. 
against Minnesota on the road. Uh, I don't know about this one, Gordon. I don't know. We'll get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Dable's coach of the year. He's still, you know, we've been talking about it for what he's done early in the season. Yeah, I know they hit a, you know, hit a couple of, uh, you know, bumps in the road of late. But Gordon, if they get to the postseason, he's still got to be considered a coach of the year candidate. Well, look, I guess it depends on how people define coach of the year. But if your definition of getting the most out of the least, if that's the way you're looking at it, not who got the most success or whose team won the most games, but just getting the most out of the least, I don't see how you could vote for anybody other than Brian Dable. And I would disagree with Rex in that. Like, it, I think it says great things about Dable. I don't think it says anything about the direction the Giants are going because I think after the season – the heavy lifting is still to come, man. Like they, it's great what they've been able to do with this group, but with all the cap space that they're going to have, the desperate need to improve in so many different areas, this is still step one of a rebuild. Yeah, it is. But I think what Rex is referring to is look what they've been able to do with nobody. So yeah, they, that, that, once that's they a get, great job by Dable. Once they get their type of players and they go out and find their type of players and get them in here, I mean, they could be – listen – they could be really in a good spot, and they're going to be in the situation where <laughs> there's going to be a lot of pressure on them next season, Gordon. Oh, absolutely. Because look what they did absolutely. this year with nothing. Absolutely. And you get no, some players. No. I, mean, no. I mean, if you make the playoffs the first year, let's say the Giants make the playoffs, they lose their playoff game, obviously hugely successful season. Well, then mm-hmm. the next goal is you got to go win a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to hear anything about, well, you know, the first year we overachieved, we build up this credit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Everybody starts 0-0. And you start zero zero, so yeah, yeah, it's it's a great achievement. It's incredible that they're going to make the playoffs. Maybe. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> look, I as long as they in. win that Colts game, right? Yeah, as long in. as they they'll win that in. Colts game, they're almost certainly in. Absolutely. Lou's him and Alipin. What's up, Lou? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, so, I mean, I didn't want to talk about the Jets because the Knicks. I mean, what the heck, they. They are turning things around. They look like a brand-new team. I don't know what Tibbs is doing. I don't know what's going on in that locker room, but I hope it continues. Um, but in regards to the Jets, the, the season the season is going to look be looked at as a disappointment starting last week uh, or, or two weeks ago. The Minnesota game was the real the real issue here. Um, you know, the, uh, the fact that, the fact that uh, that they they couldn't win that Vikings game with that performance from Mike White, you know, is just insane. And then the C.J. Mosley play versus the the Bills is is even more of a disappointment. So I think the Jets are just ready to go into the offseason and just look at what what the potential is because we all know how good they are. You know, they 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 made tremendous leaps from last year and if we're looking at the season as a whole or, or the year as a whole from the draft to the season you know the Jets the Jets showed a lot more than than what anyone ever thought they could show you know and and you know honestly you have to be you have to look at it objectively and say hey we're just missing a quarterback so whoever could who, however they could get a guy that's better than both Mike White and Zach Wilson because it's ridiculous to make it sound like Mike White is going to be Tom Brady. He's good. He could get the ball into Garrett Wilson's hand, but we need someone a little bit better, I think. 
Oh, there's no question about that, Lou. Thanks for the phone call. And look, yeah, the Minnesota game, but ultimately, ultimately, it's not getting at least one game against New England. Absolutely. That's Both the one right that really killed you. That's and, the one and, that really killed you. And, you know, like you can say, well, you know, they, they've won this many games, they've done this and that. If you look back at the schedule right now, the only win that they got that you wouldn't have thought they should get that win was the Bills game. Yeah. You know, they yeah. got their wins this year are Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Miami without their quarterback, Green Bay, Denver, Buffalo, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. this were the old uh, you have to build your resume like college football, mm-hmm. they'd be short. They'd be a little short there in terms of quality of the opponent and, and the victories column. Yep. Absolutely. Now they, they played Patriots close both times. Um, you know, they kind of played the Bills tough the, the second time. Played Minnesota um, very well. Yeah, played Minnesota tough, right? Could have won that game, mm-hmm. but you didn't. Yeah, that's right. Richard's in Manhattan. Hey, Richard. Hey, Larry Gordon. You know, the last time the Jets and Giants were interesting on Christmas time was probably the Victor Cruz game, right? New Year, Christmas Eve, 10 years ago. Yeah. We were watching. I mean, I don't ever remember in the last 10 years watching both the Jets and Giants Christmas time. So it's good. It's good. It's all good. Let's hope Zach does good on uh, Thursday night. We can keep it going, and hopefully the Giants can win Mm -hmm. and keep it going. You know, as far as the Knicks go, I don't see Thibodeau changing anything. You know, there's no Obi, no D-Rose, no Fournier, no Cam Reddish. And those guys, I don't even think Obi will get his job back when he comes back because they're just playing too well now. And, you know, Thibodeau, you know, he likes to go with a set lineup and set substitutions. And if these guys are doing the job, how can you improve on uh, winning every game? (laughs) You can't. So I don't see him changing anything. Uh, I mean, they're, they're great. They're fun to watch. They're winning the games they should win. They beat Cleveland. And uh, I, I don't see it, Larry. I don't, Gordon. I don't see them doing anything differently. They, they well, have to well, keep Obi's, this lineup. Obi's and not they can't change close the rotation. to coming back, though. Obi's yeah. a long way from coming yeah, back. And by the time him. he's ready to come back, they're not going right. to win all these games in a row. So No, but if they're still playing this well, you have to consider him. Uh, consider taking him out of the rotation. Well, after uh, playing that less minutes, I mean, he doesn't play a lot now. But <laughs> you can't change not, anything, Gordon. Much. You can't. You can't improve on perfection like what they've been. I know, but it's the coach's job to to read the situation as well and what gives him the best chance to win. It's not about what the games you've won already. It's about what gives you the best chance to win moving forward. And I would think that, you know, you can find a role for Obi uh, and and not throw off the Always a pleasure. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, Yeah, I I think that's the job of the coach. Yeah, that's that's what he's supposed to do and figure out, you know, it's about matchups. And listen, I agree. There's no need to change anything now because you're winning. But what happens when you, you know, when the guy gets back? And like you said, Obi's not coming back for a minute. So I don't even think he's doing anything on the court yet. So no. So you know, (laughs) who knows? There could be a bunch of people gone from here by the time he gets back. (laughs) Who are these guys? What what is going on? You never know. You'll never know. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.